What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. It is Thursday. You know what that means. That means it's time to ignite the dynamite the day after dynamite. And welcome to a special edition of Day After Dynamite because for the moment, I'm solo. I, I, I tweeted that I was going to be solo and then luckily uh, a great friend of the show reached out and uh, so I will be joined here shortly. But I wanted to talk about this week's edition of AEW Dynamite. By the way, I'm Will Washington. Welcome to Day After Dynamite. This is a show where we talk about Dynamite the day after. Uh... So, you had to know that I was going to feel great about doing this particular podcast because of the fact that we got new tag champs, Uh, brand new AEW World Tag Team Champions. I know what you're thinking. Of course, Will's excited about this. He loves tag team wrestling. And there's other reasons. I wanted to tell a quick story here before uh, I get into the discussion around Dynamite itself. When I say I had no idea that Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, Swerve in our glory, were going to win the tag team titles, I absolutely mean that. Had no effing clue. But the part that makes this story funny as how much of a clue I should have had. I'll get to that uh, here shortly, but let's talk about the fact that uh, we've got Super Chats, we've got Humper Chats, Van Twinblade, thank you for the Super Chat. He said, uh, Book of Flight for September 25th, St. Louis, uh, Glory Pro is back at the pageant for another special show. Of course, Van Twinblade, you know, honestly, uh, I love that I did get to go to St. Louis this year, and but i hate that i didn't get to see any glory pro this year i feel like the next time i go through st louis i absolutely promise i will make sure it's happening when there's a glory pro show happening because van twin blade has spent the last eight months of my life selling me on glory pro and uh, i've seen the the free shows on um online of course but you know just getting to see it in person is something that i'm going to make sure i get to do so Swerve Strickland, uh, my dear cousin, uh, and honestly, not just for the family-related reasons, but I've talked about the fact that I'm just a fan of the guy in general. I think that what he does, uh, he kind of encapsulates so much of what I love about pro wrestling. And then, yeah, it helps that I'm related to him, and it helps that uh, he's somebody that I can talk to on the regular Uh, But for the most part, I'm just a fan of Swerve Strickland, and I love seeing him succeed. So, uh, (laughs) I don't even know how to start with this story. But this past week, something just kind of hit me. I had this idea. I, I had been paying a lot of attention to Swerve's entrance, and I had been, uh, watching... I've been in the crowd for a lot of his entrances, I should say. And so I I had this idea for his entrance. I, I felt like something was just missing. And I felt like uh, 
His entrance was missing a, I don't know, just something to kind of, like a striking entrance. Uh, the, the example I had in mind was kind of like, um, you know, when the Usos first introduced their theme song and it was cool. It got like a, a good reaction. But once they added the Usos to the beginning, like that was really where um, it hits you. And so I was thinking, I felt like Swerve's entrance needed something like that. And I thought, you know what would be cool if they added a, uh, a who's house to it. And so uh, I had uh, I had suggested this to... Um, to AEW. And uh, sure enough, it actually, uh, they went for it. Um, they were straight up like, yeah, that would really enhance uh, his entrance. And we could probably get it done this week. And so uh, they, we could probably get it done for this week's show. And so I'm like, all right, cool. That'll be great. And then all of a sudden, oh, and uh, I just got to hold on. Let's just, I'm going to do it myself. Jeremy Lambert. Hey, how are you? What's up? I'm I, I'm great. I'm in the middle of telling a story of how uh, I really much, I very much should have known that Swerve was going to win the tag titles and didn't didn't pick up on any of it. Um, did he did he not like message you and be like, hey, it's gonna be a great day today? Like, let me didn't... tell you how. Uh, like I said, when I get done with this story, uh, <laughs> the the amount of hints that were in front of me. Uh, that, like I said, missed it all. Missed it all. How's it going oh, for you? Good. I saw you didn't have a, a co-host, and I just assume. I, oh, go ahead. I, I do shortly. That uh, I see. I see Caden backstage. I see Caden yeah, backstage. I was gonna bring in Caden shortly. I hadn't confirmed it was Caden yet, so okay. uh, there's there's a spoiler. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I hadn't said that on the show, but I figured you were gonna swing through. What's up? How are you? I'm I'm good. Yes, I figured you didn't have a co-host because any if you don't have a co-host, you just know I'm going to pop on. And that is your way of asking me without actually having to ask. Me. <laughs> I actually was That's... going to ask. I actually was going to ask you. And then I thought, you know what? Let me tell this story. I want to get this in here. Um, I, I want to hear this story. Okay, fine. Jeremy gets to stay for this story. And I'll bring in Kate. So as I was saying, so... Uh, I had reached out with the idea for the theme song, uh, and it got, yeah, they said, yes, we'll get this done, right? Uh, and so then uh, it actually came back on me, and uh, I was asked, hey, do you want to make the edit uh, yourself? And I thought, do I? And so I went through, and I actually made that change to Swerve's theme song myself, and I reached out to Swerve, and I... Uh, I had gotten kind of his take on how, which of his, I guess, whose houses he wanted added to the entrance, uh, how he wanted it said, you know, because he said it various different ways, where I should cut it from, should he record a new one? We talked about all of that. In the process of talking about that, he's, of course, on his way to um, Savannah, Georgia, where this show took place. And... Uh, I hear Jesse in the background. Jesse, his uh, his girlfriend, those uh, who may remember her from NXT, Jesse Kamea. I hear her in the background, and um, so this should have been hint number two. The theme song change should have been hint number one. Hint number two. I hear her in the background, and she's like, "Hey, Will," and I'm like, "Oh, hey." Um, and 
my only thought was, oh, she must be headed to the show because um, Savannah, Georgia is driving distance for them. So, you know, what's the difference? What difference would it make? Uh, I mean, so what's the, you know what I'm saying? Like she's here. I didn't even consider, oh, this is going to be a big moment for him. That's probably why she's there. <laughs> didn't even occur to me. The biggest one though, the biggest like, Will, I can't believe you missed all of this. So literally right before the match starts, I get a message from somebody who literally was spoiling it for me. And I still didn't even pick up on what they were saying. They messaged me and they were like, uh, they said, so I heard about the titles and I went, titles okay i feel like homer in that episode where like uh of that episode of the simpsons where everybody's trying to tell him marge is pregnant and he's just not picking up on it literally to where mo goes way to get marge pregnant homer and he's like uh that's a weird way to put it but thank you i do love my new job like i felt like that because again uh i saw wow heard about the titles didn't even consider i'm like what titles what does that even mean and none of it none of this was getting through to me and so when they won the championships i swear to you i lost it and then all of it starts to click for me i'm like wait wait <laughs> of course didn't even occur to me that uh swerve and keith lee were actually going to win the titles but <laughs> But you, they did, you, and I was... It's probably best that it didn't click, because then you got to enjoy the moment more when, when you did see it. Because if you get spoiled on things like this, it's not as fun, I would imagine, for you. Uh, to, no. you know, watching it live, like, okay, that was cool. I'm sure you're still excited, very happy, but you knew it was going to happen. So it's, it, the moment isn't as it is uh, if you didn't know what was going on, which you didn't. Oh, so I will I'm tell you. actually happy that your aloofness in this case worked in your favor so you could enjoy the moment i'd like i'll tell you i um uh swerve has never spoiled a finish for me there have been times where i have uh actually bit on things that i thought were going to happen and then didn't like when he first challenged for the cruiserweight title uh back in nxt I thought he was going to win it multiple times. I thought, oh, he's got this. He's going to win this. And then he didn't. And I'm like, you know what? But I bit on every false finish there. Um, I was genuinely surprised when he won the North American title. Uh, I guess I wasn't surprised. It was like, okay, this it's time for this to happen. He should win it. And then he did. Um, but in this particular case, no idea whatsoever. Didn't even consider that hey he's got a theme song change here now granted the theme song change was um was an idea i had presented but uh yeah when i <laughs> but i didn't even consider that hey the reason it was probably said yes to so quickly was because this is like the perfect night to introduce that kind of thing because winning the tag titles but you know what Fuck it he won the tag titles i'm so excited swerve strickland is uh, one half of the AEW World Tag Team Champions alongside Keith Lee. Uh, and that, that I'm so happy. I, I could not be happier. And I would have been happy with any outcome 
of that match. I, I was like Reg in that regard. I was like, you know what? Swerve in our glory wins. Great. Uh, if uh, Ricky and Hobbs Taz- should have won. No offense to Swerve and Keith Lee, but Ricky and Hobbs should have won. I mean, maybe. Uh, I think if it's heading where I think it's heading creatively, I think um, the belts being on baby faces probably makes the most sense right now. Uh, and so, um, in that sense, what baby faces are, I guess, closest to being in that scenario. And right now, those are the two, right? Like, what other baby face tag teams, I guess, are there? FTR. But FTR is very much involved in like a lot of other things. Like they are, but they're still a babyface tag team, right? But they're also like defending the ROH tag titles at this coming pay per view. Um, like I think FTR is ultimately going to win all the belts. I think that's where this is going with them being the belt collectors. But at the moment, they've got stuff to do. So I don't know, um, and, and maybe I'm wrong there. But I felt like as far as FTR was, I felt like as far as any teams were concerned, a babyface team is probably the best direction right now uh, for where I think it's heading. Um, but this, that's, is, is Christian Cage and Luchasaurus going to challenge for the, the tag team titles? Are you going to be brought up in a dynamite promo by Christian? <laughs> Will? I know you're alive, but is Christian going to be like, Will Washington, that dirt sheet writer, just burying for leaking all the information. I don't leak a thing. <laughs> That's, I don't have to. Um, Christian but bringing no. in family to everything. Yeah, Christian is bringing family into everything. But anyway, I wanted to tell that story and how I had all of the signs there and was completely shocked. Like when people, because uh, I had tweeted, uh, just the Swerve's house thing, and people were like, "Oh, I see what you were doing there." I was like, "No, I was talking about the theme song. I literally was talking about the song. I had no clue. I had kind of spent all day thinking about the fact that, hey, my edit to the song is going to play at the top of the the match. Didn't even consider it would play at the bottom of it. Not even for ten seconds did I consider that." I thought, all right, Young Bucks probably retain here. Like, at best, Team Taz wins here. But, like, is it time for Swerve in Our Glory? I don't know. Guess it is. <laughs> I am happy, dude. My whole family, by the way. Um, like, my mom My mom gets so mad when Swerve loses. She... <laughs> that rules. That rules. <laughs> She's like... How come they won't just let that baby win? And like that that's that's how my mom will do when uh when that happens. Uh my dad, same deal. Well, and and the hard part is like I'm like, wow, if you watch Rampage, like he, he wins quite a bit. But uh I suppose um, you know, watching Dynamite on Wednesdays. And then my dad just my dad wasn't even watching. My dad just turned to Facebook and saw everybody on Facebook whose last name is either Washington or Strickland posting about it. And my dad calls me and he's like, Did he win the titles or something? Is it yeah, you missed you missed a great main event. So that's my story. Thank you for listening to my story. And thank you for jumping in, Jeremy. But I have to get to the actual guest I have planned. I'm going to leave. This is what happens when you don't have a guest immediately on air is I actually sit here for way too long and nobody wants to see me uh, hang out. But thank you, Will. I'm glad I got to share that story with you. Got to sit here while you shared 
that story. It does, I'm, I am genuinely happy for you for that moment <laughs> that it was not spoiled, that you did not. It was, it, I mean, the worst part is it was like spoiled and I'm just an idiot. But, yeah, but you know, so it wasn't. So it's fine. So it's good. It's all good. Yeah. No, uh, it, it is cool, though. And uh, I'm really happy for everything that took place on the show. As a matter of fact, the, talking about Fighter Fest. Uh, and we'll be talking about that shortly because I do have a guest, and we'll just bring him in right here. Oh, look who it is! It's Caden it's for Kaden. the win. Hi, Caden. Hey, no, nope, you're muted. muted himself. You're muted. What an what an unprofessional jerk Caden is. I yeah. I pulled a Sean. Work on my logo. Work on my clips, Caden. <laughs> what are you doing talking to Will Washington? I have other things that you need to be doing. This has been my run-in, my cameo on this show. Nazem Kadri, stay in Denver. Bye, everybody. That's right. Oh, look, now we have Caden. A lot of headroom. There he goes. All right. So, how you doing, Caden? I'm doing pretty good. I have today off from work, so I'm very happy to be able to chill for a little bit. Awesome. Um... I don't have today off from work because I'm doing some work right here, day after Dynamite. Uh, nah, but seriously, Dynamite took place last night. It was Fighter Fest, the fourth ever Fighter Fest. Can you believe that? Um, and I guess you can even extend that, right? Because if it's gone two nights, uh, three straight years, this would be the seventh ever Fighter uh, I guess, no, next week's would be it. Uh, this is the sixth ever Fighter Fest show. Um yeah, this was the 6th, and then tomorrow would be the 7th, technically. Yes, tomorrow would be the 7th. So, uh, Fighter Fest. I'm still not sure what Fighter Fest is supposed to be. I mean, I get it. It's supposed to be the play on Fire Fest. Mm-hmm. Man, are we way past that. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but for whatever reason, Fighter Fest has stuck around as a name. And it takes place over two weeks. First week in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, the In Market Arena, I want to say it is. This was a show that... Uh, I mean, it, it, as far as attendance was concerned, I, I know that uh, looking at the map, there was some concern over how this was going to fill out. Uh, I know Savannah, Georgia has been a tough draw for the wrestling industry, really decades long, right? But in this particular case, uh, it seemed like very last minute, the sections that needed to fill out, filled out. And uh, I I thought we had decent crowd. Um, I don't think it was as hot as the Atlanta crowds have been, but also Pretty sure Savannah's like nowhere near Atlanta. Am I correct? It's about two hours, three hours away, I believe. Okay. See? Look at you. Know your stuff. Uh, and this... Well, but otherwise, uh, show kicked off with Orange Cassidy, who's been on quite a roll. He's been on a very hot roll since... Uh, Pretty much his return from injury, uh, the injury he suffered at AEW Revolution in the uh, Face of the Revolution ladder match. He had a severe injury in that match. He's been back. uh, And again, he's just been hot since he's been back. He had the match with Will Ospreay at uh, Forbidden Door. 
last week uh, had a big match with Tony Nese. Mm-hmm. It was time. It's time. Let this man challenge for the TNT Championship. The problem, of course, is that as hot of a roll uh, as Mr. Orange Cassidy's been on, a man who's had an even hotter role is the TNT champion Wardlow. So here we are, face-to-face, Wardlow, Orange Cassidy. Something's got to give. Who's it going to be? Maybe it's one of our uh, Humper or Super Chats uh, because we got Super Chats from Shot Kid said, first of many title reigns for both men, I feel. My gut feeling is Swerve will be AEW champ within the next two years. That sounds Awesome. <laughs> um, and Van Twinblade says it's pronounced a uh, jerk meme mom bear. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I, I will say that the. <laughs> so Wardlow, Orange Cassidy, something's got to give. Two fan favorites. You can't do this. Not at this stage, but they did. And you know what? How did you feel about this, Caden? We'll start with you. I thought this was a really fun match. Like, you start off with that chainsaw spot, which was just, like, the, one of the funniest things I've seen them do in a very long time in a TNT title match, which isn't, like, never been known for comedy. So I liked that they kind of used comedy there with that and then Danhausen. The little detail of Chuck and Trent saying, we actually got approved as managers by Tony. We got our manager licenses. We can be here this time. I really like that little detail before the match. So it's those little things I really enjoy. And I thought this was a really good match for Wardlow. It let him beat somebody who is a fan favorite, which you're going to have to get to at some point because he's going to beat fan favorites. So this was a very good person for them to test those waters and see how he stacks up against one of the most over people in the company. And it also let him do some comedy segments. I let him work somebody who's fast and can actually take him down. It it was a very different match that we have not seen Wardlow really do. And I thought he did pretty well. I agree. I think the biggest, because I thought the biggest story of the match was that Orange Cassidy, who we've come to know Orange Cassidy to be, is somebody who can get in the head of his opponents by essentially annoying them. And that is, and and the person who has sold that the best to this day is still Pac. Nobody Mm -hmm. has sold being annoyed by Orange Cassidy better than Pac. But I think what really made this come together for me was the fact that, Wardlow had an answer for every one of Orange Cassidy's antics. It started with Orange Cassidy going for the test of strength, and then he puts his hands in his pockets, and Wardlow pulls the hands out of the pockets, then rips the pockets off. Pockets are no longer a factor in this match. Orange Cassidy does not have the pockets to rely on because Wardlow removed the pockets from the equation. Then it's like, well, at least Orange Cassidy has his best friends to rely on, right? And yeah, we had the silly chainsaw spot where, <laughs> which had me dying. Chuck Taylor pulls the, the chainsaw out and <laughs> Bryce Rimsburg is like, this is a goddamn chainsaw. Yeah, I, I, that was like, that poppy was Bryce was like holding it through the ropes and he goes this is a chainsaw (laughs) yes (laughs) 
<laughs> and so and so they get ejected and then orange cassidy like tries to lure what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co uh, Wardlow in and Wardlow looks over and reaches under the ring and pulls out Danhausen. Danhausen attempts to curse him and is like, "No, nah, I'm not going to do that." And literally at every turn, it felt like Orange Cassidy in his antics could not get under the skin or even phase Wardlow a bit. And I feel like that really told a story in the match where it like started comedy, and then all of a sudden, Orange Cassidy's like, "Okay." I don't have this in my arsenal anymore. I just have to do what I do best and wrestle this guy. And then that's where I thought the match got really fun, got really intense, uh, had some believable false finishes at times. But at the end of the day, Wardlow got the victory over Orange Cassidy, beat him clean, beat him decisively, gave a lot of or got gave a lot of Wardlow fans uh, a great gif of a pin um i feel like uh ria's been feeding a lot of the wrestling audience uh a lot of great material so it was time for wardlow to answer back i wonder what a Rhea versus wardlow match would end up like find out one day either way uh i had so much fun with this this is solid a material um in that i recognize your mileage will vary if you're not an orange cassidy guy you hated this guaranteed guaranteed if orange cassidy and orange cassidy type comedy is not for you you hated this sorry orange cassidy <laughs> shit is for me i love this i had a lot of fun with it and i thought that um it made wardlow look like the smartest guy in the room and he's already looked tough he squashed a ton of people we've seen the powerbomb symphony we've seen all of that but to not only come off like because that's that's a very batista type thing right like batista what he had going for him in 05 was not just the fact that he could destroy everybody but that all along he was one step ahead of hunter and evolution and he came off like the smartest guy in the room. He came off like a guy that you're not going to get one over on me. Like, I already know. Um, and he, he that went deep into his babyface run. Like the time that uh, the, I think about the, the whole bit where um, it talk about the, the bygone era. Maybe it comes back because we're heading into TV 14 wrestling. Hopefully not because this kind of shit sucks. But I'm thinking about the fact that there was that time where Eminem was going to go up against Rey Mysterio and Batista and Molina comes backstage and she tries to seduce Batista into like taking it easy on Eminem and they end up sleeping with each other backstage. And then she's like, so you're going to take it easy on my guys. And he's like, no, I'm going to murder those guys. Thanks for the warm up though. And <laughs> takes off. And like that to me, um, you know, it was again, it, it Batista always came off like somebody who was just one step ahead of everybody. And I feel like Wardlow got to have his moment there in a much more comedic fashion. But I had a lot of fun with this. Total A. 
Something interesting, I just looked, I checked cage match to see how long Wardlow's matches have been in AEW. He has had one, like, regular, like, singles or tag match that's not, like, a blood and guts or a ladder match that has gone longer than this. The only one that went longer was CM Punk. This was the longest match he's had (laughs) that is a normal, non-ladder match, non-blood and guts type where he has won. That rules that's so great <laughs> yeah I love I was, that. and that's what he needs he needs these matches where he can go a long time and start showing this in ring and that's what i loved about it and i agree i'm going with an a for this i was skeptical going in because of the way this the style is and i don't love that they always build up orange and then have him lose the title match i want him to win a title at some point but man, yes. this was really good. This is really good. It was really fun. And uh, I, I really did enjoy the fact that it made Orange Cassidy seem like like he had a sense of desperation. He had a sense mm-hmm. of, oh, shit, everything I've done up to this point isn't working. I've just got to go and do what I do. And yeah. I, I thought this was great. Uh, we had a promo from Chris Jericho where he comes out to call out Eddie Kingston uh, and talk about Eddie Kingston's um, challenge to him. He talked about the uh, relationship between Eddie Kingston and uh, Ruby Soho and her getting involved here or getting involved in blood and guts basically set her up to, to fall and have her arm crushed. Chris Jericho did not give a shit. Uh, This was some of his, Best solo promo work. I thought that he was really good here. It maybe went a little long for me, but I thought that Chris uh, really, in AEW at least, solo promo work. Um, I thought he really hammered into uh, Eddie Kingston. And, of course, he took the scenic route to basically tell us that this is leading to the return of the Painmaker, who is undefeated in AEW. Mm. What did you think? I did not care for this promo. I figured. I could see the look <laughs> on your face. I'm so done with this. Like I did the True Heel Heat watch along last week. And as soon as they did that, like with the Eddie promo and the hand on Ruby, I was like, I don't want this. I'm so done. Like Blood and Guts should end a feud. And this is now the, like both Blood and Guts have not ended a feud. Last year's didn't. This year's hasn't still. And I don't like the match next week is going to probably be awesome as, because they're not doing with the exploding this time. They're just going to do barbed wire. Which... Although the exploding barbed wire was great. I, I Until feel the like... ending. <laughs> You're right. I, I, but... <laughs> Keep in mind. And the reason I can say that is that technically by the time the explosion happened, the bell had rung. The match was over. So I still say barbed wire exploding barbed wire match from bell to bell was entertaining and fun did it have a <laughs> terrible ending 100 percent. I, I i was there i was at daily's place i was like ducking behind a pillar because i was like oh my god this is gonna be insane and then sparklers went off and we booed yeah i was very <laughs> i was so mad but i'm still like i love uh I'm, i don't love them picking the barbed wire like it always makes me cringe but i'm a sucker for death matches whenever it's done correctly and i assume this is going to be done well so i'm excited for the match 
And I'm excited to see what they do with the shark cage because I think Sammy's going to fly off that shark cage. But, I mean, I don't care. I thought the promo was kind of bland. I knew, like, he at the very beginning, he talked about the pain maker. And I was like, okay, that's the promo. <laughs> he could have done this in 30 seconds backstage. The pain maker is coming back and I'm a wizard. That's all, mm-hmm. like, that's all I need. I don't, I don't need him saying all the other stuff. It took up time. You know, it got a great amount of time, though. It's another A from me. John Moxley versus Kanosuke Takeshita. Oh, yeah. Uh, stop me if you've heard this before. Kanosuke Takeshita is, uh, on, let me check my notes here. Pretty good. <laughs> um, and, uh, he keeps coming through in these dynamite matches. Uh, he keeps taking all of these guys to the limit, all the top guys in AEW. We saw, uh, Takeshita with Hangman, and that was phenomenal. But this here, uh, Takeshita and Moxley. We saw Takeshita with Eddie Kingston last week. Moxley is just on another level right now. He is just having his best run, I think, of his career pretty much since he returned in January. Which, you know, he told me at the uh, the presser for Forbidden Door um, that one of the things he didn't realize was that he was on the path to the championship. And maybe it wasn't intentional, obviously, because CM Punk is the lineal champion at the moment. But the fact that Moxley got here is the ultimate payoff to the run he's been on since he returned from rehab. And he feels like the champ. He feels like the champion. When he comes through, that belt looks so natural on him, maybe because he had it for so long before. But... Everything just seems, uh, just seems right, and it felt right. And Moxley and Takeshita, they just had quite the affair. Everybody was kind of anticipating, like, okay, how's Moxley gonna bleed now? Jokes on you, he didn't have to because Kanosuke Takeshita did. Mm-hmm. And whew, yeah, they're all saying in the chat if they could sign Takeshita, he should be a priority. Absolutely. I think he has already proven his value uh, tenfold. Of course, he is signed to DDT, subscribe to Wrestle Universe. Then uh, you can see all the Takeshita you want. But yeah, this match was phenomenal. And uh, Takeshita does a great job. He doesn't win any of these matches. Like, he doesn't win them. But he manages to take his opponent so far that by the end, you're convinced that a couple more seconds, he probably could have won. Uh, But Moxley decisively got the victory, as the world champion should. I noticed on commentary, they're doing a pretty good job of presenting him just saying, like, world champion John Moxley. And really, he's just addressed as interim champion um, in announcement and in official graphics and things like that. How did you feel about this match? The match was phenomenal. Here's my issue. Oh, no. <laughs> issue? <laughs> I gave this an A. I, match is an A. I have logic issues. And I had this conversation. I didn't. Well, Joel didn't respond to me, but Joel brought Joel Perel brought this up on Twitter, and I 100% stand by this. This is 
an issue, I think, in AEW with the AEW World Title Eliminator matches where Takeshita isn't winning on TV. He's winning on Dark. He's winning on Dark Elevation. But he's won, I believe, a one match that was a squash on a rampage. Then he lost to Lethal. He lost to Hangman. He lost in the Royal Rampage. He lost to Eddie on Rampage last week. So why is he getting a shot at a shot at the title? I get like in storyline mocks, like pick the fight and asked for it, but they book the show. They can just say, no, that doesn't make sense. Why it shouldn't even be a world title eliminator because he doesn't have the wins. I don't think even though Mox asked for the, the bout, I still don't think that makes sense. Counterpoint. Um, has AEW, and maybe you have the answer to this, uh, but I'm pretty sure the answer is no, at least since uh, Jericho was champ. Have they had a champion compete in a match that was either non-title or that was non-title and wasn't an eliminator? wasn't an eliminator yes oh technically the five on five with the elite and dark order would be an eliminator okay so i think my, my point here is you're really in in the division that the championship existed oh right? oh, oh. uh te- do you count the trios match from forbidden door with the young bucks no because, because what I was going to say is in the division that the champions are representing, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, the Young Bucks have had championship eliminator matches. They had, yes. uh, when they were champions, they had a match against uh, the Hybrid 2 that was non-title, but it was a championship eliminator match. Um, Thunder Rosa just had a match uh, mm-hmm. in TJPW uh, that we saw highlights from. That was a championship eliminator match. I feel like that's I just kind of the was, rule in AEW. Was Takesha that, and Hangman an eliminator because i don't think it was okay um i can check i was i i was there i don't think it was uh where did that one take place by the way houston university Houston. Houston. that's right okay uh i will try to find that yeah try to find that because i feel like they're pretty consistent with the the idea that a champion in a non-title match tends to be a championship eliminator but either way uh okay fine ish but i i feel like um while we already have the established precedent like on this show the idea that uh again we just saw um uh miyu yamashita uh versus thunder rosa in a championship eliminator match like we just kind of saw the same scenario of somebody who's not signed to the company somebody who is known for their work overseas i don't know yeah i i i I liked it because i feel like he he kept coming close enough to where i could see i I, like on certain falls i was convincing myself all right mox is gonna lose this but you know he'll he'll win just like we know thunder rose is gonna win either way i loved it this is solid a a match moxley's the best uh strong he he is fighting hard for that uh wrestler of the year yeah i i did 
confirm it. It was not uh, cage match did not list it, but they listed this one as world eliminator. But it, it right. doesn't doesn't really so matter I, all that much. Yeah, because like, I, I remember the graphic. Game. It didn't have the the eliminator yeah. on there. Overall, I just um, I wish they gave Takeshita a win. Like, just give him a win on TV before having this. That's the only thing I ask for. Like, it can be a squash, and I don't care. Just something because he's lost so much leading up into this, and then he's getting a shot at the champion. I'll say this my issue. I'll say this though. Uh, They have done a great job of protecting certain guys in defeat. Mm -hmm. Like I think about Wheeler Yuta and how Wheeler Yuta kept getting over in defeat, and Wheeler Yuta did not win at all. Uh, And uh, but his losses kept getting longer and longer and more Mm -hmm. competitive to where. When he finally did start winning, people were buying it. People were into it. People love it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, solid A for me. Oh, yeah. I'll say that. Like, they do a good job of whenever somebody's not getting the big wins, like a Darby or Eddie Kingston was like that. And then they eventually flip the switch and they give them that big win. That big win does mean a lot more eventually. Yeah. So that is, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt with this. AEW does typically good programming and typically good stories. So I trust them. And other than the other company, I don't give them benefit of the doubt anymore, but I'll give them benefit of the doubt with Takeshita and the story. You know what? I'm starting to lose the benefit of the doubt on though. I have pretty much for 20 something years, 21 years, at least been one of the biggest supporters of one uh, Christian cage, love Christian cage. I'm starting to feel like leaning on insulting dead family members is a crutch and I am, it's losing me a little bit. Uh, They didn't exactly, it got some really good heat the first time two weeks ago Mm -hmm. with uh, Jungle Boy and bringing all that up. Um, But I'm feeling like, or that was like three weeks ago. I am really starting to feel like going there as much as he does is starting to feel cheap. He went there with Brian Pillman this time. I actually liked him bringing it back around. Like, honestly, the stuff with Pillman wasn't even all that necessary because more so sicking Luchasaurus on, and it brought it back to Brody Lee, actually, because sicking Luchasaurus on Griff Garrison, it immediately made me think of the old bits of Griff Garrison. Who the fuck is Griff Garrison? That whole bit from BTE. <laughs> it's one of my favorite uh, BTE bits of all time. Luchasaurus uh, going after Griff Garrison for looking like Jungle Boy and destroying him was great stuff i thought and this match was short it was a quick squash and then they put brian pillman uh on a table attempted to put griff garrison through a table or threw brian pillman on the table he just kind of bounced and so they tried it again and that was it uh i don't know this is like sea level stuff for me i wasn't quite into this how about you yeah, I've really enjoyed everything they've done with Christian until last night. I agree. They've gone to the well a little too often, especially with Pillman Jr. They just, like, they did this MJ, last year. MJF, MJF did this last year. Yeah. yeah. We've and been here. That, it's fine when you do it once. And when you continuously do it, it's no longer good. It's going, yeah, going to the well way too often. I don't. 
care for it. It's to say, like, I didn't like the Jeff Hardy comments last week either. Like, I'm fine if you want to keep it with the Jungle Boy stuff as long as you do it in moderation and don't overuse it. But when you keep going and you keep doing this type of stuff, I think it's cheap and not... uh, It's grabbing at the low-hanging fruit. And I just didn't, like, what? Does really... Does Luchasaurus really believe that Griff Garrison is Jungle Boy? Like, I thought that was, like, I get it. I get the gag there, but I just... I don't know that as much as he believes it, as much as he's just, like, using him as uh, as an example. That's yeah. all. I, I didn't yeah. necessarily know, think that he needed that. Mm-hmm. So. Eh, it was fine. Like, it was... It, it didn't really do anything for me, but it got heat on Christian, I guess. Like, that's the thing, is I feel like the remarks on Brian Pillman didn't necessarily get the heat that it's gotten before. Mm-hmm. Um, I know part of it was the fact that the previous match was so hot. The crowd was yeah. kind of tired at this stage. So there's that too. I also thought this crowd was not good. Um, I thought they were good at parts. I thought that for the matches they needed to be hot for, like they were hot for the main event. They were hot for Moxley and Takeshita. And I thought they were hot mm-hmm. for the opener. Um, but that's... I don't think they were one of the more remarkable AEW crowds. But they I didn't think they were on the lower end. They've definitely had some lower end crowds. Uh so then there was uh oh yes, Claudio Castagnoli versus Jake Hager. This was Jake Hager's, I believe, tenth maybe solo match since joining AEW three years I ago. Double check that. Uh yeah, check that for sure. I know it's a low number. It's uh, yeah, it's really low <laughs> for somebody who is uh, credited as being a former world champion. I do think it's interesting that his match count is as low as it is. I see you counting. I want to see your uh, uh when the number hits. I got seven. I got eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Oh. 12. 12, okay. 12. So I just mentally forgot, too. I did not have cage match in front of me for that. Look at that shit. Um, but, uh, I remember Jake Hager matches, um, except I forgot, too. Were they were they dark matches? I think one was a dark match, but he also is not, if I'm correct. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the last one he won was that really bad MMA rules match. That was his last singles win. Yes. Okay. Either way, Jake Hager goes one-on-one with his former tag team partner, Claudio Castagnoli. It was a match. Uh, I'm starting to agree with the criticism that I kind of don't want to see the Cesaro swing in AEW. Um, That I feel like for who Cesaro is as a performer and what he's trying to present now, that that the swing actually does feel kind of hokey for this type Mm -hmm. of environment. And that, I don't know, not for me. Um, what'd you think? I actually enjoyed it. Okay. I didn't mind it. This one I missed because I was, uh, I procrastinated last night and did not do my homework until Dynamite started. So I spent half of Dynamite working on homework. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to rewatch most of the show today. And I, so I re- went back and rewatched this and I actually, I had a really good time. I, maybe because I had such low expectations because I don't like Hager 
whatsoever. But I thought Claudio and Hager actually had pretty good chemistry. They worked well for a TV match. And I thought this was a perfect match for television to give Claudio a win that he needed. It gets Hager at least doing something in the ring because he doesn't work singles ever. So I, I didn't mind that. And I, I, I didn't have a bad time with it. I thought it was fine. I enjoyed it. I had fun. All right. What do you give it? I'll give it a B minus. All right. Look at that. Let's C plus from me. Um, this was definitely the least I've cared about Claudio in, uh, in AEW. But at least there's exciting things on the horizon. Uh, that I won't put out there right now because there's no reason to. You didn't come here for that. And <laughs> I, uh, I I see the 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 swing criticism, and I kind of I, I see where that's coming from. I think it's a fun crowd popper, but yeah, I don't think like especially with him being associated with Blackpool Combat Club, that's not really something that fits that group. That's just to me. I feel like. Uh, I want him kind of ending his matches a little closer to the way Brian does, a little closer yes. to the way Moxley does. Uh, and the swing doesn't really fit that, especially in this scenario with Jake Hager, who's a part of the Jericho Appreciation Society, who they're in mm-hmm. kind of a blood feud with. Um, and like I did appreciate Regal trying to to sell it on commentary mm-hmm. of like, uh, he said, you have no idea how much this move disorients your opponents. And I'm like, okay, they're at least trying. He, like, Regal, being as cerebral as Regal tends to be, was smart enough to know that I have to sell this as something that would, that the Blackpool Combat Club would approve of. And I thought he did a good job of that. But for me, I just don't feel like. I, th- I think a really good finisher that could work to fit with the style of what everybody else does, because everybody else does. The like a kick or a hammer anvil shots, he could do like a really nasty kick of the leg and then transition that into a sharpshooter. I think that should be his uh, his finisher to fit that style. Yeah, that'd be fun. Then we had a couple of promos here. So uh, we started with uh, Thunderstorm being interviewed backstage. And they were interrupted by uh, the good doctor, Britt Baker. We haven't seen her in a while. She was interrupted by Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Uh, and uh, basically, Britt took some digs at um, them being a natural disaster. Get it? Thunderstorm. And then ultimately brought in a sandbag to insult Thunder Rosa with. That's a little bit inside, if not a lot of it. Uh, that's one of those things where if you're not even on Twitter, like <laughs> you, you wouldn't get it all. Mm-hmm. I don't think it did any harm, uh, but I, it was whatever. Yeah. And then Serena Deeb took on Anna J. Yeah. Uh, so I believe. We've had Britt Baker out since the June 15th episode of Dynamite in St. Louis. So I think that was the last time we saw her when she fought Rosa in the uh, number one contenders match. So it was nice to see her back. I like that they gave her some time off to Wait, go. Thought, you mean, um, no, she wrestled Jamie Storm. 
or Jamie Storm. Or Tony, Tony Storm. Storm. Tony, Tony Storm. Storm. Did I say, did I say Thunder Storm. Rosa? You said Thunder Rosa. Yeah, yeah. I'm Tony like, Storm. she has a face. Uh, no. <laughs> she, uh, hasn't, yeah. she hasn't faced her since March 16th. So, yeah, it was, um, yeah, Tony Storm. So, I like that they took a, they took her off TV. She needed it. The crowd was starting to kind of turn on her a little bit after winning the Owen. And the sandbag joke was kind of funny. It took me yeah. about 12 hours to realize the joke. I did not realize <laughs> it until this morning when I woke hey, up. Well, I was, I you was heard my story confused. at the top of the, the show. I, I've definitely, <laughs> we, we're just being slow with stuff that's like right in front of us. Yeah. I just, I hope they're not going to another Brit and Rosa feud. Let this set up Jamie. Like, let's give Jamie hate or something because mm-hmm. she is one of the best women's wrestlers in that company and she has not gotten the recognition she deserves. Yes. Uh, and yeah, I think we are going to see a lot more of um, Jamie. And I feel like it, it's about to be time to pull the trigger on that. Uh, I thought Anna Jay, um, as she continues to, she showed out well here. Mm-hmm. And uh, Serena Deeb, of course, continuing to be the professor, uh, basically was out to school Anna Jay. But then Anna Jay does a really good job of surprising her opponents with certain things i feel like she does a great job of popping the crowd with the the queen slayer um and we saw that here ultimately though serena deep uh with the uh with her finish um she ended up did she end up hitting the deep talks yeah. i don't think she did it was, she went for the deep talks but anna jay got out of it and i think she right. transitioned that into the queen slayer maybe yeah, so I don't believe we ever actually saw her hit the the deep talks because we no she didn't um, right. But either way, Serena Deeb got the victory, and then out came um, Mercedes Martinez to clear the ring. Yeah, no, this gets a solid B for me. I thought that uh, I was entertained, and mm-hmm. uh, I kind of think Serena should win the ROH I Women's agree. Title. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Serena, Deeb, and Thunder Rosa have my favorite match at Double or Nothing. So uh, I'm all for Serena Deeb winning that title because that match is going to be really good. This got a lot of hate online, and I was surprised. I like I watched this twice. I rewatched it before we started because I liked it so much. I wanted to make sure I really did like it after seeing the hate. And I did. I really liked this match. I'm going with a B plus because of how much I liked it. I'm a sucker for Deep. I'm a sucker for Anna J. She got a very good home state pop because mm-hmm. she's in Georgia. She's from Georgia. So I thought that was good. The crowd was very much behind them. And that's a big issue with AEW and where they place their women's matches. They don't get crowds. And this had a very good crowd reaction. And I think that helped it. I thought Anna did good for herself in the chain wrestling. She's still only been wrestling for a little over two years. So she's not fantastic at chain wrestling, nor should she. But she's getting better. This was something different for her that we have not seen. And she is doing this continuously. You look at, she worked a different style in her Jade matches. And she worked very well on those. Now she's working a different style in this Deeb match. So it's letting her do these new styles to round her out as a performer. And now she's going to go into this feud with Ty Conti. This should be pretty good because they're real life best friends. I don't know if she goes into the feud or if she turns. Uh, There's a little piece of me that thinks she turns. Um, I think this is going to be a feud. I think they're starting us there, but I bet you she turns. Uh, And the reason I say that is because technically Ty's beef at the moment is with Ruby Soho. And uh, I think that... 
I don't know. I have a feeling that she's going to turn. But we'll see. See where that goes. The main event, though. Oh. So, again, uh, entrances. <laughs> entrances. We had uh, Team Taz's entrance hit. I spent all day just excited over the fact that, hey, my idea, my edit of Swerve They're here. Team- the sex bots they're here they are, they're, they're here. my first sex bots i've never had sex bots on a stream that's right this is what i do <laughs> I um, no nah, so i when <laughs> i spent all day ready for just to hear it uh and i was just thinking about it the whole day i i was like okay here it is my <laughs> let's see how it goes and then sure enough whose house and uh I feel like a lot of the crowd caught it. I think they weren't expecting it to be a part of the entrance. Mm -hmm. And so I think as time goes on, you will see that I was correct in adding this to his entrance. Uh, (laughs) But Swerve and Our Glory made their way down. The Young Bucks, they make their entrance. Nick Jackson ate a piece of confetti. That was actually, or ate a streamer, sorry. Ate one of his streamers. That was hilarious. Uh, And this match basically was in high gear from the moment it started. If the triple threat from Double or Nothing was a four and a half star match, this is the five. Because I thought this was uh, everything it needed to be. Um, Tag rules. Go argue with your mom because I had just a blast watching this from top to bottom. I feel like everything hit. I thought uh, the exchange between Swerve and Nick Jackson, um, as uh, Righteous Reg will put, a spot foo uh, moment. Let me tell you, I felt like this was one of those like Swerve kind of reminding you who he is type of moments because like this is a guy who's been in the ring with the Young Bucks multiple times um, in multiple promotions. I pointed out on Twitter last week, this is technically the fourth promotion in which Swerve has shared a ring with the Young Bucks. Uh, And yeah, him and Nick Jackson got to do their thing in the ring. But then uh, the idea that of the story of the match that Matt Jackson Jackson was like afraid of Keith Lee. Also a great story all throughout and uh, him not being able to be the guy who could hit the Northern lights on him. Like he, he attempted it and it just looked ridiculous. That was great. But also I feel like team Taz really sold themselves as uh, potential winners. Like, Ricky Starks just came out there on fire and uh, I thought the spear he hit on Swerve was probably one of his best spears that he's hit uh, since he's been in AEW. Powerhouse Hobbs really got the show out. That Spinebuster Fest was really good. The man hit a frog splash on Keith Lee uh, that super clean. I bit on a lot of the near falls. Uh, I bit on there was a near fall in which, first off, uh, there was a ref bump uh, in which referee Rick Knox went out. If it were me, the only thing I would have changed about the booking of this match, and I'm just this just occurred to me. So every Young Bucks match is refed by Rick Knox. 
but every Keith Lee and Swerve match has been refed by Stefan Smith. Had I been booking this, and now that I think about it, was Stefan Smith even on this show? Maybe he wasn't I don't in the building. Think so. Maybe he wasn't in the building. So I, I think it would have been funny and a great little story if when Rick Knox got knocked out, if Stefan Smith had come in and he and as a result Keith Lee and Swerve got the victory. And it's like they didn't even change anything. It's just the fact that Rick Knox being involved is a young bucks guy. Stefan Smith is uh, Keith Lee and Swerve's guy. That would have been good to me, but uh, now that I think about it, I don't think he was on this show. Uh, but Keith Lee and Swerve, like I said, I, I bit on uh, Swerve got hit with the belt shot and I went for the pin. One, two, he kicked out and then they BTE triggered him and one, two, I thought it was over and I was like, okay, we move on. And then Ricky Starks comes in from off screen. Uh, we had, they, they hit the, um, the spirit bomb, uh, swerve stomp combination mm-hmm. on Matt Jackson. I bit, I was like, okay, one, two kick out. And then I'm like, okay, I, bet, yeah. Swer- I was like, okay, swerve and Keith aren't winning. It's all right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's that was my immediate thought after that. I was like, "Oh God, okay, it's gonna be ta- uh, Team Taz or Bucks. I don't know who." Right. Let's be one. And of then those. you know they go for uh, for the Melter Driver, and Keith Lee catches Nick Jackson in air. The power bomb, great shit. Uh, we get a whole bunch to the outside that sees uh, the Young Bucks dump to the outside. Um, Keith Lee hits. Um, a can't believe I'm doing this all from memory, but uh, he hits the belly to belly on uh, Powerhouse Hops to take him outside. This then uh, leads to Swerve doing the backflip off Keith Lee's chest, the moonsault off his chest, uh, onto everybody on the floor. Then Keith Lee does a dive to the floor, and then he pounces the wait before that. Sorry, before he take does a dive to the floor before he. Um, does his tope. He uh, he pounces the shit out of uh, Ricky Starks, leaving Ricky Starks in the ring. Then he hits the dive to the outside, takes everybody out. So now we're left with Ricky Starks down in the ring and Swerve climbing the top rope. And my brain is like, there's nobody left. This is it. This, But it can't be. There's no way they're winning the titles. He hits the Swerve stomp one, two. It's coming, right? I know it's coming. There's a kick out, right? It's like time slowed down for that second. And I'm just like, there's no way in hell they're winning this. They can't be. That doesn't make any sense to me. They're not winning these championships. This is the Young Bucks. This is their titles. And Team Taz and, and Swerve and our glory are going to move on to, to do their thing against each other without the belts. Three. And that's it. We have new champions. Whose house plays? And we go off air with confetti. And your new AEW World Tag Team Champions, 
Keith Lee, Swerve Strickland. Keith Lee gave an amazing speech after the end of the show. He talked about what's been going on with him because he had hinted at it before. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, William R. Washington grants this motherfucking shit the rare S tier, baby. This got the S. Give it air horns. This is it. Yeah. Um, this match was perfect and it had a perfect ending. Suck my dick if you disagree. <laughs> um, Swerve and our glory are the tag team champions. S tier, baby. I'm sorry, Kaden. What did you think? S tier. Like, let me. Okay. Let, wait, before, wait, I, wait. <laughs> before I get he into said the, thing. the things I loved, I got two issues that I'm going to get out the way. One that you're going to be a little bit more mad about than the other. First, I like the Who's House. There was, it sounded like they did something to the song that toned it down and didn't make it feel like maybe it was just my feed, but it sounded very quiet and a little like the beat sounded a little off. I will tell you, I used the original, everything that I, I cut that. <laughs> so the, the they were talking is me. Um, so uh, I will say. I used the original cut of the song, but I did think it was low too. So um. yeah, maybe it was just like the way they did it in the audience. Oh shit! Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was no, listening, I, and I was like, I usually jammed to the song, and I was like, why does it sound like it sounded like it was lower? Yeah, like, I don't know. I'm gonna play around with it um, yeah. and see if I can submit a uh, slightly like I actually still have the session file open right in front of me, um, but the. Uh, <laughs> I definitely, I don't know. I, I felt like I did want it to be a little bit louder. Like when yeah. I heard it, I was like waiting all day and I'm like, come on, give me who's house. Yeah. So. I've always, I've always felt that way with that song. I'm like, I want to like, I love that song. I know you talk about um, your ability, how he likes to listen to it and jam to it. And I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, same thing. I, I jam to it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and that's really my only uh, issue with the entrance. I love the who's house. Great idea. That's, like a lot of those, like a lot of people in AEW, sort of have that like the thing that hits before. And you talked about this with Ruckus earlier on Grapsity, how they have like that little thing when you hear it, you know, oh, it's that person. And Swerve didn't have that yet. And that's that was the idea I yeah, had. It actually yeah. came like right after the the we did that interview. I, that's what mm -hmm. got me thinking, and uh, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pitch this idea and yeah. see how it goes. So, and it, you, I think my little contribution up, to last night. Yeah. It's going to end up being similar to the burn it down that Rollins has where like they hear, they start hearing it and then they're like, Oh, we got to continue yelling it until the thing ends. Yeah. And I, I, I really like that. I think it's going to end up being awesome. And Oh, like this match. Oh God. I don't know. Like what else to say about it <laughs> other than like that frog splash had me, gasping and i texted like my friend's a casual viewer and i texted him and i was like bro will hobbs just hit the best fucking power or best fucking frog splash i've ever seen and i was like that's better than like half the eddie guerrero ones i've seen like mm -hmm. that was a, that was really good yeah no nah, he was clean in the air i love that <laughs> so like, I, I love a big guy hitting a frog splash uh I, like keith lee's like speech after had me crying in the car on my way to whataburger Listen to it while on the way to Whataburger, and I was like crying. And then he said, like, and I'm in Austin, Texas, too. And then he was like going to Austin, Texas, and I like hit me emotionally because that's where I am. That's where his friend is. So it's 
a personal thing I kind of had with it where, and Keith Lee's a Texan like me and I love Keith Lee. Like that's partially why I love him so much. So it really like got me in my feelings. Uh, like, I don't know what else to say about how great this was. This was great. This, this is really good. This I is didn't a, expect this. It was a feel all. good ending to dynamite. Like, uh, and, and they're really pushing these times by the way, uh, as of mm-hmm. late, my DVR, I'm actually mad that I don't have the full celebration. My DVR cuts off. It's like one, two, three, <laughs> whose house? And then uh, he gets handed the belt and then it cuts. And I thought, you got, and my DVR is mm-hmm. set to keep an extra minute of dynamite. So that means that it went past my extra minute that my DVR is already set to do. Uh, that either way, I could be happier. Um, <laughs> And yeah, they're talking about it in the chat because they call it the bulk fro- yeah, splash on commentary. Um, it is interesting. I was watching an old episode of Nitro earlier today. And so I am in this like mentally conditioned mode to accept that, look, commentary changes halfway through the show. Uh, and that used to happen on Nitro where you know Bobby Heenan would come in halfway through. You'd have Larry Zabisco at the top of the show. Um, and our teams would change. So JR coming in, it, he's actually technically doing the same uh, – uh, and they're asking in the chat, do you keep your recorded Dynamites or delete them after some time? Uh, I keep all of it because – I keep everything I record because I have the unlimited cloud DVR. Uh, and so, I don't know. I think it'll store like – 30 weeks before it'll start clearing stuff out. Mm-hmm. So I know that just recently it just cleared out like Cody's last episode of dynamite <laughs> from my DVR. Uh, but for the most part, I still have all of it and I can access it from anywhere. And that's really nice to have in case I like need to clip something. Uh, I can literally just pull it up and clip it and it works every time. This was great. This yeah, was fucking I... great. I may or may not have the fight feed. So I, I get fit, like a. You were talking like you had a fight feed. And I, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I can sense. <laughs> yeah, I got going. a, I got a little, I got a little bit more. And apparently last week, like they showed half of Rampage. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think it was just like the first five minutes, but. Uh, yeah, it was like a, like they went like a little, like I think they went until the end of the first match. Mm-hmm. But I've gotten like, like when Christian Cage turned was the best time I had it because they kept that thing on throughout him calling him, uh, calling his mom a disappointment. Yeah. Or calling Jungle Boy disappointment to his mom. That was fantastic. <laughs> I'm from Lithuania. <laughs> I do. Uh, I'm from England. I live in England every Wednesday and Friday for uh, two and one hour respectively. But yeah, I like that they're, they're giving a little bit more time and they're letting them go a little over into the overruns. And that's, think about when that started. That started at the Los Angeles show when they really started going over a little bit. Like there was the Satnam Singh debut and that was a little different, but they've gone like one to two minutes over since they had that party with Discovery. And I think that's a really good sign for AEW going forward is that they've they've gotten backed by Discovery. They've got that, well, I think they got like the premium ad package. Like the ads have been a little different, more premium ads that they like giving them. And I think that's a great sign. Uh, I think that, well, I said this on Twitter that 
there were a lot of people um without a whole lot of evidence um backing it saying that they thought the discovery move was going to push AEW toward a more PG direction mm-hmm. where like no if anything they're <laughs> literally hyping shark week with a barbed wire <laughs> with a barbed wire shark cage match no they're going the other direction and on top of that WWE is actually going TV 14 Mm-hmm. We're heading toward a more violent pro wrestling industry, I think. And uh, yeah, we'll see where that goes. I do think it is funny that now that there is this overrun, I wanted to bring this up last week, but I didn't get to uh, do the show last week. So part of the way TBS makes up for the overrun is, is kind of... Uh, a lot of networks do this when they have live television that can have fluctuating times. But it's particularly noticeable when there's music. But the what the way that they're adjusting for the minute or so that like American Dad lost last week is mm. that they changed the playback speed of American Dad. Uh and it was playing just slightly faster. And <laughs> I particularly noticed on the theme song because I wonder if there you could like do that, but like yeah, not do that for the theme music. But like they kick it to American Dad after Dynamite had gone over about a minute, and literally Good Morning USA is definitely playing at like one point three times speed, and uh, until the show catches itself up, mm-hmm. yeah. Which I suppose is better than just the network being five minutes behind for the rest of the night, which USA Network typically is, uh, or was before yeah. they and then cut off the raw. You, you brought up like how people like to say uh, they were saying Discovery's not going to like eight certain things about AEW and had no evidence. Well, I saw somebody last week uh, grasping at some straws and was like, "When was the last time there was a battle of the belts? Last December." Looks like Discovery doesn't like AEW, and I'm like, "This one was... like August 4th. They're and there was up. one like. Two months ago in Dallas. They're, they're quarterly. And, and, yeah, but they're quarterly. There's literally about yeah. to be one. Uh, it's in Grand Rapids, Michigan, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, Grand and Rapids, think, Michigan, uh, August 14th? Uh, I, no, I think it's the first week of August. I think it's August 6th um, is when it airs. It's So, yeah, it's coming up here like really quickly. Yeah, and, like, and we just had one. I think it was first week of may they did the battle of the belts with nyla and three months later or maybe it was april i've been april yeah well either way uh i think you're early early, it was like the week after i think it was the week after mania yeah because they came right back to yeah they came back uh, back, to garland Garland. and yeah so and guess what (laughs) they signed up for four of these for 2022 like regardless they're gonna finish out the four yeah. uh and the the four quarterly specials they're and they're gonna, gonna order more they're ordering yeah. more uh the i mean it's it's easy tv for them i, I don't know if they're gonna be live anymore because this yeah. upcoming one isn't live uh which was actually the smarter. last the last one wasn't live either yeah i think somebody uh pl- um planning these out shout out rafael morphy um they probably came across the idea that it makes more sense to do Rampage live and mm-hmm. then tape Battle of the Belts than just do a standalone Battle of the Belts and then tape a whole bunch of Dark, uh, which is what they did on the first one. Yeah. 
So Van Twinblade says, going TV-14 isn't going to make creative less trash. Duh. Like, we know that. Um, what TV-14 does is it lifts restrictions on matches. Um, I think that, I mean, you saw Cody's tweet. Cody, you, we yeah. know, Co- Cody wants his blood. Yeah, are you kidding me? Um, he's, like, sharpening the razor blades now. <laughs> uh, but... He's high. He's like high. He's like training his bicep while also like getting the razor blades trained too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like I think about certain things. Of uh, I was just talking with a friend when this came out about how. Well, think about the people who kind of came up in the WWE system since two thousand and eight, and therefore don't know necessarily like haven't wrestled in AEW, haven't really wrestled any place else where wrestling has been uh, typically a little more violent. If like just strictly WWE performers. Like I think about the Miz, right? Like the Miz has not had like a violent match ever. Uh, and yeah, they're, they're making fun of him in the chat. Um, uh, WWE talking, blood and guts. Yeah. Well, the, and they're like, we don't do blood and guts. Uh, guys. And I'll leave it more up to David Bix and span to pull this up because Bix, Bix knows where to find all of this. In the 90s, WWE literally um, made statements publicly about uh, the bloody nature of WCW programming. Uh, And the whole purpose behind that was to sabotage them with advertisers. But then, as they started to discover that viewers liked that kind of programming, what do you know? WWF started adopting blood into their programming they did that in the 90s and literally when we the first time i saw the statement from wwe about blood and guts programming they talked about the the tag match from uh from new year's that featured anna jay and ty conti versus penelope ford and the bunny uh they talked about that publicly right they made statements about it talked about its violent nature mm-hmm and all it did was take me back to the 90s i realized i was like i know what this is i know what they're doing here but the fact is they know that if their viewership were to call for more violent programming, they'd adopt it in a heartbeat. It has nothing to do with anything other than um, paint the picture with your advertisers that their programming isn't worth advertising on. Ours is. Yeah. And like they only changed uh, Raw is the only thing that changed to TV 14, right? Is Fox yeah. still PG? Right. And that's Smackdown? how it was back in the day. Like SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, I get, I don't think SmackDown ever went TV fourteen. Uh, I think maybe if it ever did, it was maybe for a brief period. But uh, yeah. SmackDown definitely was a program they had to tone down uh, far sooner than Raw. Um, yeah, I I like I could see this coming from a mile away with guys like Cody. Brock said shit this week, right? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he said that. And, and the weird thing me, is, but... language has never really been the the, the true barrier for them, right? Yeah, like. Yeah. Um, they they've had ways they could slip in like a shit here and there but mm-hmm. really it was about the violent nature of the programming itself yeah. um and uh we'll see what that ends up doing yeah they they definitely saw blood and guts pulling over a million for AEW for the first time in a bit and they're like oh blood and guts does actually sell and not Never just mind. that but the match drew speaking of drawing oh, yeah. i haven't even talked about ratings which i do have uh and i've seen already yeah uh let's go to the old brandon thurston um where i was going (laughs) uh 
Uh, and we have 942. Uh, so we pulled 942,000. That's good for a uh, point. Uh, okay, I'm trying to do this from. Uh, point three two. Point three two. Thank you. Then point three two. Number one on cable by a large margin. Um, mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. Kind of an unremarkable rating. <laughs> this is not a whole lot to say about it. Yeah, the the card wasn't one of those like we're gonna pull a strong number cards like the last few weeks have kind of been. Like, there's no mm-hmm. chance, like world championship match, no blood and guts, that type of stuff. But and it's also summer, like mm-hmm. people are doing people are doing stuff. But even still, I mean, I, I always just look at it relative to cable. It's how is the show yeah. doing relative to everything else on cable television? How is it doing relative to everything else on television? Period. Uh, and what Big Brother was the the highest ranked show on TV. That did a point six six. Holy shit! Uh, that's that's it. It's another week of AEW Dynamite, and this was another week of Day After Dynamite. Hope you all appreciated my story from the beginning of how. Try as I might to be spoiled for the end of a live dynamite. Uh, I did not get it spoiled for me. So uh, I was genuinely surprised. My household was genuinely surprised. Billy is currently out of town. Uh, He just left me like three hours ago. He'll be gone for six days. You have a look of concern. What's going on? I just saw the demo. Female... 12 to 34 did better than male 12 to 34 this week. Wardlow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. You open with those Wardlow matches. It's the Wardlow effect. Wardlow effect. So that's that. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for being a part of uh, this week's edition of Day After Dynamite. I'm Will Washington. Caden, where can they find you? Y'all can find me on Fightful Select for a retro review. I don't know when that's going to come out, but we did G1 Climax 23 Tag 4. It has Shibata, Ishii, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Ibushi. A bunch of really good matches. And you can also find me on Fightful Overbooked, this exact channel, every Monday on FMC with Jamry Lambert and the king of new media, SP3. Great stuff. And hey, uh, there's also going to be some um, cool things coming to Fightful Select. Not news, so don't put that on me. What I mean is uh, uh, cool new content um, from some familiar folks. Outside of that, it's that time for me to say that that is it for this edition of Day After Dynamite. For Caden, I'm Will Washington. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. Peace. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.